Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie. Welcome back to another episode of Disciple Her. I'm here today with Candy Gallaty. Candy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And we've got a special guest today. That's right. We're excited to have with us Jennifer Landreth Oliver. Jen, welcome. Thank you. Glad, glad to be with you. All. Glad you're I'm here. Excited. I have the most unusual seat on the bus today because I was a pastor's wife and I came to Long Hollow after Sid and I moved to Nashville. Uh, and Jennifer was my pastor's wife then, and now Candy is my pastor's wife. So it's been, uh, I've been on a journey with both of these ladies, which I am just so thankful for both of them and the impact that they've had on my life. But uh, it's so weird, y'all, to watch <laughs> this journey has, yeah. it has unfolded. Matter of fact, Jen, uh, this is so strange, but you and I, uh, uh, David and, and Jen's been on another episode and uh, had shared how her husband uh, David passed away in November of 2014 14. and um, after that happened was that a year later that we were in Nashville or two years later I don't remember the time frame but anyway we were together in Nashville at a conference went to breakfast one morning and saw a friend of ours, mutual friend, Kathy Litton. Kathy's also been on our, our mm-hmm. uh, podcast. But Kathy was having breakfast with this young woman, and we just went over talking to Kathy. Kathy introduced us to Candy Gallaty. How weird was that? <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> For y'all, I think it was just like meeting somebody. Yeah, we you didn't know, have a you clue. had no idea. So give us the backstory, Candy. So, yeah. So um, we, had, we were in town in Nashville that weekend. Because we were meeting with the pastor search team at Long Hollow. Had no clue. I was on staff, remember? Yeah. (laughs) And so, and, you know, we were all, everything was, you know, kind of hush hush and discreet and not a final decision had not been made at that point. But we were really praying, um, Robbie and I, that the Lord would open our eyes and reveal to us even beforehand what he had for us and if this was the right move and we were feeling very strongly that it was but we i'm just on our knees you know as you would be about any any decision like this in life and we're just asking him to really really show us in in ways that only he can and he had already been doing that and um i since i was still in town for meeting with the pastor search team the night before there was some sort of a women's conference or something that was going on and kathy was here and it just happened to work out and so we were like hey why don't we grab breakfast and so i came to her at the hotel and sat down and we were having breakfast and you know people are walking in and walking by and these two ladies walk up to the table and and i remember i remember kathy saying oh hey this is candy and you know this is julie and and i i'm sure she said Jen's name, but nothing registers to me at this point. And I remember Kathy saying, tell them a little bit about y'all's discipleship stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, and I, I don't even remember what I said at that moment, but I remember looking at Jen and telling her that we were over in, um, Chattanooga in the Udawa area. And then us talking about the connection, like from yeah. Cleveland and everything. The hub. Of the yeah. The yeah. Hub. And then I remember as they walked away, Kathy said, you know, that's um, Jennifer Landreth. And I said, what? <laughs> and she's like, that's that's Jennifer Landreth, because I'd never met you. Um, right. 
in person or anything. And I just remember I was sitting there dumbfounded and I just start crying. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even like get myself together, you know? And I'm sure Kathy's thinking, what is going on with this woman? <laughs> and I'm like, Kathy, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm like, I know we're not normally supposed to talk about this kind of thing, but I just, I was just met with the pastor's church team at Long Hollow last night. And I just cannot believe that Jen Landreth has just walked up to my table <laughs> and I don't even, knew, I didn't even know that was her, you know? And it was just like a ball of emotions for me. Mm. And, um, and obviously to me was a sign, you know, from God, because, you know, I'm praying like God, point us in the right direction and lead us. And that was one of many things that happened along the way in our calling to Long Hollow that literally went on a divine list, you know, like of these were divine things that only the Lord could have done that helped point us in the right direction. Yeah, that's perfect to lead into this conversation because we want to talk today about identity and calling. And so, Jen, yours had just taken a a weird <laughs> direction again, you know, with calling y'all's God was working. So y'all just jump in and kind of tell us what was going on during that time. And and some of the things God did along the way that it, it, unbeknownst to e either of you. Right, right. Well, um, I'll just start real briefly and say when we were first called to Long Hollow, they had set it up like a, a different job interviews. So they had five different people and five different weekends. And David mm -hmm. and I, I think, were number three or something. Wow. And so, you know, every church kind of does a different thing. But I remember when they sent a huge packet about the church in the mail. And I was still nursing a baby at that time. And it came in the mail. So like a good pastor's wife, I ripped it right open. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember sitting there, and I've never had this experience before, but I thought, I've just read the next chapter of my life. Wow. wow. You knew. Holy and Spirit. I knew immediately and understand I was in a town where we loved our church. We mm -hmm. weren't looking to leave. My parents were there. My brother was there. We were happy where we were. But I think God had to give me that to wean me away from all the comforts that I had there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, David and I did feel called to come to Long Hollow. But um, we uh, ended up coming there. And 17 and a half years later is when David passed away. But at that point, it was a really, um, I, I think, strange time for me because I'm no longer a wife. I'm no longer a pastor's wife. And my last kid was going off to college. Mm. So you talk about your identity, calling, whatever, taking a hit. It was sure. just kind of like, who am I? Where am mm -hmm. I? What am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I was praying for whoever was going to be the next pastor mm. and his wife. And that happened to be yeah. Candy and Ravi, which who I did not know. Right, and right. So um, I knew I was praying for people to fill those spots. And David had always preached many, many times. He thought Long Hollow's best days were in the future. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say that I've been so excited to watch from afar all that God is continuing to mm -hmm. do here in a big way. And that's so been a blessing uh, to watch. But I do think, going back to the calling thing, we both had to be secure with that calling because I was coming in after, they called it a friendly separation, but it was basically a church split. All the staff had left with half the congregation. So. Mm -hmm. That's wow. what we came into. You came in to a grieving church right, right. of about 7,500 people at right. that point. Right. And so that's a difficult place to come into. Yeah, I, I think, think. Yeah. And I think, the, you know, talking about calling, it's so important because you really 
need to know and be assured. And, you know, you're talking about having kind of like that Holy Spirit moment where you, you rip open this thing and you're reading it and you're like, this is the next chapter of my life. You knew it, you know. And I remember the moment that I knew we were going to come to Long Hollow and it was before the process had even started, mm. which is what's so crazy because there had been some questions presented to us at the convention that particular year. And it was just it was people saying things kind of like just offhand comments. It's not like it was an intentional conversation like they're trying to get you to come to Long Hollow. These were friends that were just like, hey, have you thought about Long Hollow lately? You know, it was like these types of things that were coming up and we were like, what's going on? Like, why why is random people separate from one another coming up to us and like doing this, you know? Okay, but back up just a second. I'm interrupting and I'm sorry yes. about that, but I just no, hit me to to re, to tell our listeners about the fact that y'all had come to Long Hollow yes, this on is a good. tour. So yes, tell a little bit right. about that because you had met David. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so we'll back up a little bit. Um, so we were in Chattanooga for seven and a half years. And much like you at your former church, loved every minute of it. I mean, loved it. I mean, obviously you have your normal challenges with any church setting, but um, I am an eternal optimist and I loved every minute of it. And um, some of my best friends are still there. You know, it was just a a great, wonderful time. And so that's where we were. And our church was experiencing a lot of growth and um, in, in all different areas. And so we were like looking ahead, like what church is kind of ahead of where we are. And, um, and, and can we can learn from them and we can do some things and make some changes and that sort of thing. And so we said we need to go Long Hollow. And so a, a group of us, it was me and Robbie and Colin at the time, who was our, you know, kind of creative arts pastor and worship pastor and a few others from our staff. We were like we were passing through this way, like after together for the gospel conference. And we're like, we're going to call and see if we can meet, you know, David at Long Hollow and just have a conversation and maybe just walk around or whatever. And so at that time, David was sick. And from what we had heard, he wasn't really giving a lot of tours. And sometimes he wasn't able to even meet with people. It would kind of depend on the day. And so this particular day, he was able to meet with us. And we sat in his office and we had a conversation. And I remember when we left that day being hopeful that he was going to beat it, beat the cancer. And I think he thought that even. And, and um, so, but anyway, he, he takes us on a tour of the church and we're walking down, you know, the kids areas and he's talking to us about the kids ministry. And I remember, you know, we go into the sanctuary and he and Robbie go up onto the stage. And I remember sitting in one of the chairs out in the sanctuary and just kind of like looking up. And I mean, I have no idea what's taking place behind the scenes here, right? Nobody, I mean, we're not necessarily able to see sometimes the the layers and the depths of what God is doing um, in the spiritual world, right? We, we see what's happening physically. And I remember sitting there and just talking to my friend and kind of looking around and um, just having no idea what's really happening here, you know? And then... I remember we walking across campus and um, the outside baptistry. That's like also a fountain. You know, I remember, you know, David was like showing us about this and and we have pictures of this. Like, so we took pictures with David that day. And I remember other people must have been taking pictures as we were like touring around. And so it's really special to have documented. Oof, I'm going to get emotional again. <laughs> time like you know with him where he was showing us this um, church but we had no idea 
he's showing it to the next pastor and wife and staff. Like, we just have no idea. But yeah, so we had come here, we had met him, and he had toured us around, and we had had a great conversation with him. And, you know, we went back to our church, and and life as usual, you know, like taking place. And, um, you know, it was after... It was after that later in the year when, you know, David had passed and then the convention came around that next year when we're getting all these questions about, have you thought about Long Hollow? Long Hollow needs, you know, needs a pastor and all these questions. And we're just thinking, okay, like, you know, what God, are you trying to tell us something here, you know? And I remember Robbie and I kind of having a conversation and we knew Kevin Ezell was interim and, you know, he was walking with the church through that season and I will never forget, I was, we were meeting on a Monday morning. We always met about discipleship on Monday mornings. Um, and Robbie was running a little bit behind. I think he had been to the dentist of all places. He like lives at the dentist. <laughs> he walked in and we're, I'm sitting at a round table and he shows me the phone. And on the phone, like under like his voicemails, he had a message from Kevin Ezell. And I'm telling you in that moment, I thought to myself, I know the next chapter of our life. Mm. I knew it. And I think it was just the Holy Spirit kind of preparing for what was to come because literally we were, nothing had happened yet. But when I saw the phone call from Kevin Ezell, I thought, here we go. Mm. You know, and, and then obviously think many things were to happen along that way. And we never shared any of those things as we walked through it. And we didn't share anything that God was revealing to us, like to the pastor search team, because we wanted everybody to kind of come to that place that God showed them. Mm -hmm. There would be no influence by anything that was said or done, but it was all God revealing that. And so many of the ways the Lord called us and pointed us in this direction weren't shared till way later, mm -hmm. um, just so that everybody could kind of have that. That was so good. It's been quite a journey to see God's sovereign hand over Long Hollow and how um, he's used both Jen and David and Robbie and Candy uh, in the process. And uh, man, I'm just honored to have a seat to see it all. We're going to come back in just a minute and talk to you all about um, the difference between identity and calling, because this is so key in even what we've been talking about thus far. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. Well, welcome back to this conversation with Candy and Jennifer about our identity and calling. And we've talked a little bit about their journey and how God used both of them at Long Hollow and just how crazy uh, God does things. I mean, he's just wild, isn't he? And never in a million years would we write out the stories that God writes for us. So um, I think it's important that we talk about this identity and this calling because 
we got to know the difference yeah. between what identity and calling is. And so y'all talk about that a little bit. You know, identity is who you are and calling is how you live that out. That's right. Um, so what's why is it important for us to know the difference between the two? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important and crucial for us to understand that our identity, our identity is sure and secure and it doesn't change and it doesn't shift. It's it's always who we are and that's we're a child of God. We're created in his image. And he gives us um, different callings throughout our life and different roles that we have. And I would say at the heart of all of us, you know, because we are a woman and we are created in God's image and we have the unique ability to reflect his image in a uniquely feminine way throughout our life. And that's like a personal calling. And then how we live that out in the different situations and the roles and the seasons of life is going to change, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to know that even though the role may change and the the situational calling may change, our identity will never change. Mm -hmm. And so we know we can always go back to and let that be our foundation that that's who we are created in Christ Jesus but it's going to be unique how we live that out over time, and it will change, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jen, how have you seen that in your life? Well, definitely um, I've seen it change. Um, you know, it, it, if you just take my humongous last uh, name that I have now, which is Lori Jennifer Ramsey, Landreth Oliver. It's getting ridiculous. But I mean, you take Ramsey was my maiden name. And so for 22 years, I was known more as a daughter mm -hmm. or a sister. Mm -hmm. And That's then good. that second phase of it was Landreth, I was known as a pastor's mm -hmm. wife and a wife and a mom. Mm -hmm. And now as an Oliver, I'm known more as uh, Jack's wife or a grandmother. Mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so I'm still a child of God. And right. all of those different names and all those different so phases of life. But I think that um, definitely the role has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, and a verse that really uh, stuck with me, it, it's from the Message Bible, but it just translates so well to me, is in Second Samuel twenty two twenty five. it says, God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to him. And he definitely has done that with me in the different phases of my life. Um, but his, his calling is always on me of, you know, to serve him and to be a disciple or to do his will. But uh, that journey sure has <laughs> been an adventure yeah. and gone in some ways I never expected. Yeah. Yeah, there's a danger because some of us may try to find our identity yes. in our calling. 100%. What happens when that? when it looks like that i mean i think what it, it's when, when you have placed your soul identity in what you do and then that changes you can be left devastated and um not that you wouldn't be <clears throat> you wouldn't be devastated by the change that has taken place but we cannot put all of our weight and our stock into that because it will change over mm -hmm. a season of our life and we will adjust and we will reevaluate and we will move forward. Um, but the only thing that's never going to change, that's the, the never, never will change is that you are a child of God and that you were created in his image and you are, you are, your whole sole purpose is to 
reflect him and bring glory to his name. And that that will always be who you are. You know, and some of those changes are welcome, like having grandkids, Mm -hmm. you know, you're happy to go into that phase. But some of those changes in my life, not to be a pastor's wife, not to be a a wife, you know, at a period of time, those were very unwanted changes. Yeah. And how did that what are some ways that affected you, Jen, in the I mean, there's got to be some insecurity that your identity is there. But then then when all that starts shifting, you start going, okay, well, this is really weird. Yeah, things were taken from you. Yeah. Right? You didn't necessarily choose. You wouldn't have chosen that path. So things were stripped and taken in a way. And you're, I mean, obviously you have the Lord to depend on, but then you're left in a place where you have to say, okay, now how do I reconcile all this and move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it, it was a tough period for a while, but I had to just, like I said earlier, probably lean into the Lord and know that He's my husband. He's my maker. He's going to see me through. I'm not alone because of Him. But I think I I really had a tough time of thinking, what do I do now? You know, Because right. my life had been so busy being a mom mm-hmm. and uh, being a pastor's wife and just things at the church all the time. Uh, but what I kept hearing the Lord say is, move i mean you just have to move take the next step you're not going to see everything right now and so for me when i moved to cleveland i never thought in a million years that i would wind up working as an admin assistant at a church mm-hmm. and uh which was 60 percent college kids <laughs> so it was a completely different environment than i had been in but it's still kingdom work Amen. but just from a different angle that's right and so i just thought Okay, just serve where you're planted, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. kind of um, do the next thing. Which I know uh, you all are probably familiar with Elizabeth Elliot, who's written several books, and her first husband died from uh, mass- being massacred with the Aka Indians, and then she had two more marriages. But I read a lot of her material, and one mm. of her famous quotes is, "Just do the next thing." Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't, you can't see the big picture. Mm-hmm. You don't know the whole staircase, mm-hmm. but you just take the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think another thing we, if we, if we place our calling over our identity, sometimes that causes shame for us because, or even guilt because we can't live up to those expectations. Mm-hmm. You know that that um, we find in the calling, or or potentially even. Um, Anxiety, because as our roles change, you know, we can get consumed with and weighted down by all of those changes taking place. And if we're not secure in who we are in Christ, mm-hmm. then we just vacillate and, and, and it's hard to, to come back to who am I? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it there's the potential, obviously, when that change takes place. To you, you to ha- possibly have shame and guilt, to even have anxiety in that in the transition and that sort of thing, and learning to you're learning to live maybe in a new way, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that he has shifted you to. And I think we have to number one, which I've always said this is be as healthy as we can be and take care of ourselves. Um, and that, and like, and like Jen was saying, you know, do the next thing, do the thing that you know is right. And that comes next. And for her, it was to move, you know, Mm -hmm. to get out and to do something. Um, and so for everybody, it might be a little different, but 
we have to just continue to surrender that to the Lord, I think, in whatever he's calling us to do and however that's going to change. And I think, you know, we have a personal calling, but then we have callings that are bigger than the personal call, which mm-hmm. maybe be to the call to a, to a church or to a community or to a new ministry or organization. And so there are possibly multiple callings yes. in our life yeah. that we have to um, continue to you know, look to the Lord for guidance and direction. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just important for us to remember that there's, there's multiple calls here. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless of any call in your life, the identity is who you are in Jesus. That's right. And that'll always be. And I think with the, you know, just have to be so in tune to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and how he's leading you, because I thought I would always live in Hendersonville the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. I mean, I had great friends there. I loved the church. I thought I'll just come alongside you and Robbie as you came in and support you. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord redirected my journey. Mm -hmm. And um, but I feel like that he did that, too, because I felt like you you guys and I didn't make this conscious choice. I see this after. Mm -hmm. But I think it was good because people needed to embrace you all and be happy. But when they see me, there was still kind of some sadness. Sure, sure. Sure. And so um, that that changed big time with yeah. the calling. I thought I would be there the rest of my life. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And I remember our first church was down in South Louisiana. And I mean, we were babies, you know, like first our first pastorate or his first pastorate. And um, I remember thinking there was a school there. And I remember thinking my kids are going to go to this school and they're going to graduate from Emmanuel Christian School. And it never like I never. I always kind of live for the day and in the moment. I never really can see out too far in the mm-hmm. future. And I never in a million years would have believed we had ever even left mm-hmm. that church um, mm-hmm. in South Louisiana. And then, you know, here we are. We're two churches later because we went to Chattanooga first before we came here. And so you you really do. I mean, it, it changes and it shifts all throughout our life. Yeah. And we depend on the Lord and we, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you know, to live out each unique role mm-hmm. um, for as long as it may last mm-hmm. and each calling um, for as long as it may last because it'll change, right. you know, and that's the beauty of the kingdom and how God maneuvers and works all of that for his good and glory. Well, you know, he says we're a vapor. That's right. That's and even right. though it seems like forever and all so the good. years that you put into mm-hmm. a place, but we're, our lives are just a vapor. Yeah. And so you just want to make that vapor last as long, long that's right. as you can. Yeah, that's so true. I was thinking him. as y'all were talking, Sid was a pastor in Texas for 13 years, and then God called him to Lifeway. So that was a totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just uh-huh. you know serving as a mom and a, and a pastor's wife mm-hmm. at the time. And then I never dreamed I would be on staff at Long Hollow, you know, as – Women's minister, so it's just it's crazy uh, how how God moves us around and what He does in our lives. But the the thing that is so important for us all to remember is being secure in our identity in Christ, because that mm-hmm. is the same. And mm-hmm. um, uh, calling is exciting. That that's what makes the journey exciting, I think, because we don't know. Right. You know, if God gave us the big picture and we had to see all of those steps along the way, we would say, uh, 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 yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm not going there. I don't know if I'm yeah. in for that. <laughs> I, exactly. Because, uh, yeah, thank goodness he doesn't show us all of that at once. But if we're faithful to lean into the Holy Spirit, to listen mm-hmm. to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us and, and obedient to move mm-hmm. when God tells us to, even though it's not always what we want right but we know and now we know from experience 
That's right. Because we've lived it. Mm-hmm. That God is faithful mm-hmm. every yeah. step of the way. Amen. And he uh-huh. sees us and knows us. So I guess that's a good that's place good. to close today, huh? Yeah, it's good, Jules. Anything y'all have to say before we I don't close think out? So. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. Yeah. It's been a journey. And God is good. Man, I love you both. What a privilege to be with you um, today and just treasure the gift of your friendship. Mm-hmm. Sweet to you. We'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Take a second to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group, home or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.